Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Cult Connections. Let's see what we are taking a sideways look at today. Hi, I'm your host, Ian, and today I'm joined by the Summer. How are you, Summer? I'm doing great. How are you? I I am fine. In in this odd world that we live in, I'm yeah. doing okay. <laughs> These apocalyptic like times. It's it's almost like we're just gonna talk about about what we're living in, to be honest. It's yeah, strange, pretty much. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um however today um our theme is and I've thought long and hard about this one. Um, there for some of these are three films that she absolutely loves. Um, but I was thinking about what the um the what what sort of links them and really what I thought about this is the evolution of the zombie film. So we're gonna talk about three films that I think really show um how how the zombie genre has actually moved um from its yeah. probable you know, start to to where we are just now. So, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to start with probably one of everyone's favourites, and that's 1968, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for you, Summer, when 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 would you have first seen seen this film? Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I probably saw it when I was about six to seven years old. Okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> shocking answer right yes um a little bit yeah uh-huh. yeah so, so what were your first sort of thoughts then? <laughs> yeah um my parents my, okay so my mom and particularly my mom was uh um oh, she she loves horror movies um okay. that's just uh-huh. kind of her thing and Fortunately, and in some instances, unfortunately for us, um, she didn't really restrict like <laughs> our <laughs> viewership of said movies. Um, she was sort of like, if you look, this is going to be a scary movie. If you want to uh, stay up, then you can watch it. But if you are going to be scared and you're going to wake me up and you're going to have nightmares, then you can go to bed. And obviously, as a kid, um, the option of going to bed or staying up, I mean, hands down, no brainer. You're going to stay up. You're, you're just going to stay up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I definitely saw that movie uh, when I was about seven years old. Okay. Okay. And what and you know, thinking back, can you sort of picture yourself at, at sort of seven and watching the film? Yes. Yeah. Um, I was fascinated, first of all, watching it. Um, I, around the same time, um, I had seen, or, you know, before seeing the movie, I had seen Michael Jackson's thriller video. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. it, would, it, it would come, it 
or I saw it on Halloween. So basically it came on the TV on Halloween and I was fascinated by that. I thought that was so cool. Um, obviously his music videos had such a, a movie aspect to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I was fascinated by that. And then after that, shortly after that, I, um, you know, saw that the night of the living dead movie. And I was again, fascinated by that. I, I, the intro for me was so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, how the movie started, you know, I thought it was fairly, it started just, you know, kind of, it was kind of a soft sort of beginning of the film Mm -hmm. when they were driving down that long road and, you know, um, everything that happened. And then all of a sudden, um, just the unexpected happened, you know, they're going to the graveyard and everything seems fairly normal. And then all of a sudden, uh, (laughs) zombie, insert zombie. Um, and one of the things that I used to be afraid of when I was seven, Mm -hmm. because I watched, um, so many different horror films by that point, um, was the idea of ending up in a situation where you, you start off with like, you know, a companion, like Mm -hmm. brother, sister, or friend, and you get into a situation where you're now by yourself. Mm -hmm. I thought yeah. that was a very, uh, I think that's a very um, intimidating aspect of like scary movies. The thought of like, you know, maybe you start off a situation with with trusted people and then all of a sudden you're alone and you have to make all these decisions by yourself. I thought, you know, that's very traumatizing. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think you kind of summed up the, the start of the plot really well last summer, actually. So, yeah, so 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 it starts with, with your brother and sister um, they go to visit a grave. I am assuming that's a family member. Um, the, the brother gets attacked. Um, the the sister, the Barbara, ends up in a house and um, ends, ends up being in the, the house with, with some other people as they are surrounded by the dead. Um, and, and I won't go too much into the, the plot after that, but um, I saw this film. I was probably a teenager, actually probably about sixteen, maybe when I first they seen it. Um, and I think maybe it on first sort of viewing for me, it 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 maybe didn't quite have the impact that it now has when I look back on it. Um, however, this. This film really is, I, I think, the start of of the modern um, the zombie film. Um, they're directed by George A. Romero, um, who is widely thought of as being, you know, the godfather of of the zombie films. Um, but a low budget, low sort of key made made film, um, but it certainly makes makes the most of it. Um, you know, resources as it were. So, um, when you look back on the film this summer, what's your thoughts about it? How does it, how how does it strike you now? I one of the things when I look back on the film, it just makes me think of um, how you react to situations, what what your natural instinct is. Mm-hmm. Um, because if for me it very much explores that 
theme. You know, we all have these instincts within us, fight or flight or freeze. Mm -hmm. Um, And the movie generally focuses on what happens in my eyes, you know, when you freeze, um, when you're paralyzed with fear, it inhibits your decision-making. And it also Mm -hmm. focuses uh, for me on biases that you have Mm -hmm. um, and how they, those biases affect how you view situations and people. um, And even the decisions that you make up to the end of your life are sometimes, you know, or a lot of times based in, you know, your own biases, Mm -hmm. Uh, how, how you grew up, what your thoughts are. That's how you're viewing a situation, not necessarily for what it is, but for what you are or who you are. Um, That's how you're viewing a situation. So Mm -hmm. um, those two themes of the movie resonate with me a lot because I think one of the fun things about watching a horror film is imagining how you would react if you were in the situation Mm -hmm. and analyzing it. A lot of times you're screaming at the screen, like, you know, what are you doing? Or, you know, (laughs) uh, get up, you know? And um, it's not until, you know, you are confronted by situations where where there's danger that you you learn how you react. I learned that the hard way Um, of course, uh, being confronted by danger myself, I had an instance where when I was in university in Boston, Mm -hmm. um, I went to Boston University, I, there was strict warnings of, you know, don't walk through downtown crossing the park um, at night Uh alone. Okay, always walk in pairs. Obviously, there's a lot, there's a lot of homeless people, a lot of dangerous people um, Mm -hmm. at night. And I just, I wanted to go out and see a movie. i I liked going to the movies alone just as a form of self-care because I think it's so nice um, to go to the movies alone, just kind of sit in the theater and and watch a film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also had an errand to run. So I went downtown in the afternoon, ran an errand, and then went to go watch a film. By the time the film was over, it was late, it was dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking back to my dorm and crossing this park and a man began following me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just obviously had that, you know, bad feeling uh in the pit of my stomach I just felt like okay I noticed somebody's following me I start to walk faster he starts to walk faster um and then it got to a point where I felt like he was getting too close and I just began to run and he began to chase me Mm -hmm. um and one of the things my mom had always said to me which thankfully I remembered was you know it doesn't matter if you don't have like a weapon a straightforward weapon but whatever Uh you have on you can actually act as a a weapon in a dangerous situation so that was something i remembered at the last moment and um when he when he finally got close enough to me and tried to grab me i had keys in my hand so i Mm -hmm. you know slashed him across the face with my keys and continued running and made it back to my dorm i never said anything to anyone about it uh-huh. Um, for some, I don't know, I guess it was just like a weird reaction. Like I just didn't talk about it afterwards, but the next week on the news, um, another girl from another university was found dead. And this guy's picture appeared, um, as the, you know, the mm-hmm. person who murdered and raped her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I could see the scar across his face of where I keyed him. Um, I didn't tell anyone about it for years uh-huh. uh, until I told my mom, you know, like probably it was like after I graduated that I told her that. Um, but th- this was only one of two instances where I had been confronted by, you know, one one time I actually got mugged this time, you know, I was like, okay. I guess attacked. Uh-huh. But 
both instances, my instincts were to fight. And I learned the hard way that my fight, flight, or freeze instinct is actually fight, which is both a good thing and a terrible thing because I don't scream. You always think that you're going to scream if something were to happen to you like that. Uh And I always thought that, you know, why wouldn't you scream? But I didn't. And I also, again, would always think like, okay, I'd probably run. I'd probably, you know, flight would probably Mm -hmm. be my thing. I'd probably take off, you know, but I actually, in reality, I fought. And these are things that you don't think about too much in the moment. It's just instinctual. Mm -hmm. You know, we yell at these characters on the TV, but as much, you know, in the movie as people decided to board up and stay in the house rather than trying to get out of town, same thing in real life. My instinct is actually to fight. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really weird. Um, but yeah, those are the themes in the movie that kind of still resonate with me when I look back and, and um, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, well, thanks for sharing that. Um, there are a couple of points I'm going to pull from that there, Summer. Is, uh, um, and one of the things that I've spoken about with um, their friends in a very light-hearted way, okay, so about... Um, uh, if we are surrounded by um, their zombies, what would our their weapon of, of sort of choice be? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it wouldn't be keys. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't, no. Um, but I think any any good film, you know, horror, uh, you know, sci-fi, action, you know, drama, any, any film that really, really sort of touches you, you, you do... You know, put yourself into that uh, their situation. Like, like I always think. You know, my favorite films are the ones I end up thinking about afterwards for for sort of days of end. And you think about, well, where would I be? You know, what would I do? So, um, as far as weapons, um, (laughs) (laughs) definitely not keys. Like I said, Um, I I have to think. Okay, so. Weapon wise, I ha- it has to be a weapon, you know, first of all, in my mind that you have experience using. I think a lot of people's first instinct is to say, of course, I want a gun. Uh-huh. But how much experience do you really have using a gun? You know, mm-hmm. these zombies are coming. There's, you know, in, in these films, there's a lot of them. You know, you can easily run out of ammunition if you're not a good shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a lot of experience shooting guns. That's not going to be my weapon of choice, even mm-hmm. though it's effective. It's just mm-hmm. not my weapon of choice. Um, I would probably have to, a knife is too close. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about having a knife or a machete, it's just too close. You have to be yeah. really close to said zombie. Um, and then you have to pull it out, which is like, you know, if you think of a human skull and pulling out a, a knife, <laughs> it might take too much, too, too much time. Yeah. Uh, it has to be a bat. Maybe something like a bat would be good, yeah. you know, because if you have a bat and, and it would have to be like some, like wrapped in like, like, like metal or something, something that had like uh, sharp ends to it. Hmm. Um, because a bat you can hold, you know, you can kind of will the weight around, you can stun the zombie in a sense and continue running. You don't necessarily have to kill it, but by hitting it, you can slow it down and then continue on your way, um, without having to take time to kill it. (laughs) Getting too close. Um, so it's kind of long and it kind of keeps you a little bit away from the zombie as you're striking it. So I would I would probably choose something like a bat, a yeah. metal bat with like spikes. 
<laughs> yeah, because they're just hanging around. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, right, right. I, I, I know, but like, I actually have a middle bat. Um, I lived in a city for. <laughs> I lived in a city. Um, you know, for a lot of time. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, uh-huh. which is a state here, and I lived in New York. Um, for some time, and I also lived in Boston. So you know, in some of that time, um. I did spin by myself. So I, you know, I actually have a metal bat. It's not right wrapped in spikes or anything. <laughs> but I have one just because just for protection. I think um a gun is a bit too much for me. <laughs> but but a bat, I think um, you know, I, yeah. I thought to have. So mm-hmm. just it's yeah. handy, you know. Uh you don't have to risk go having to go to the gun store or getting ammunition with a crowd of people trying to do the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, because the zombies are coming. Right, right. And that's, you know, having watched all these films, I think that's everybody's first thought is like, I got to go get weapons. I got to go get this. Uh, I won't have to do that. I'll just, you know, have my back. You'll be okay. Yeah, I'm just looking around um, the, the room here. Um, yeah, nothing's really sticking out to me that I'm going to be using. I better think about that one. Um, it's an interesting point that you do make because as a uh, the sort of British person um, we really know nothing about uh, their guns at all so um, and in many ways that wouldn't really cross our minds that we would even think about about that because they're just not there you know oh that's interesting I don't even think yeah. about on yeah. an international scale what the thoughts yeah. are yeah well, like there's no you know there isn't a gun shop they don't exist you know you, you can't go out and buy a gun oh wow <laughs> I, that is so that is so interesting that you bring that up as as an american uh hearing somebody say that it's just like wow you know there isn't a gun shop there's no place to go even get one of this of no, this sort of thing. no um wow no one owns a gun it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which is, which is nice. It's likely very nice. I'm sure your mass shootings are down. Um, <laughs> but at the very same time, in the case of a zombie apocalypse, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I think I think you said that some, some sort of bat, some sort of long-handled uh, implement, um, you know, maybe some sort of garden... Uh, this sort of tool um, or a big a big lump sort of hammer that would be you know that would be good for you know skulls I think <laughs> yeah yeah and if and if you if you can if I can have something secondary and it uh-huh. has to be like a high-powered weapon I would definitely have 
something like some kind of um, explosive. I think that's also very effective um, as well. Like so create some kind of Molotov cocktail, something you can throw, <laughs> you know, and kind of just create a bigger distraction so that, because that's one thing I noticed in zombie films, zombie shows is that um, the fact that the zombies react to sight and sound and drawing them away from you with mm -hmm. sound yeah. Um, yeah. is is a very effective thing as well. So I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> okay, so we've uh, covered our weapons of uh, their choice. <laughs> um, going back to Night of the, the, the Living Dead, and um, I was just on the look at the, the cast. No one hugely sticks out for having um you know real real starring sort of roles or or big sort of roles in in sort of other things um judith o'day who plays barbara um works regularly in fact she still there's uh their sort of credits out there for her um in 2020 so it's nice to see that she is still working um, but one, the, the real part of the cast that I think is quite striking and um, apparently was accidental is um, Dwayne Jones, who plays Ben. Um, and Dwayne Jones is a black actor and he's the only black actor in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, but apparently, you know, George A. Romero has... has said he didn't set out to um to cast him to cast by um their race uh, mm -hmm. uh, just that you know Dwayne the Jones was was the best actor there which is which is great for him to say and and make that mm -hmm. clear distinction too because sometimes people think that you know especially it being such a historical moment, sometimes people look at it as like, okay, you set out to do this to kind of make the papers, um, you know, mm -hmm. make it interesting. Yeah. But, but it was great for him to be able to say, you know, I cast it based on his talent. He mm -hmm. just so happened to be black, yeah. but uh, we were looking for talent and he happened to be the best one there. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's great too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, now, I, I certainly wasn't around then, um, the 1968, and I can certainly gather some of that you weren't either um yes, uh, <laughs> many years after <laughs> um but really getting the feeling that you know if we think back to 1968 and 1968 in america uh, it was certainly a a time of um you know change in their society and um this actually seems to fit in with that really quite sort of well, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There was still a lot of civil rights um, movements and struggles going on at that time, you mm -hmm. know, still dealing with a lot of um, different issues there. And for such a progressive thing to happen, um, even still now, we're still, you know, struggling with seeing diversity in Hollywood, in our films. Um, it's a big topic, you know, even in terms of gender, uh, leading roles for women and, you know, that aren't so um, uh, atypical, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff is still is still uh, an issue and still something that we're kind of trying to move forward 
um, in a forward direction for more equality. So yeah, it, that movie definitely, um, you know, was appropriate for, for the time, you know, that it happened. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Both because of, you know, having some diversity in the cast, having a, you know, casting a black actor in the role and the way that they portrayed it was accurate. You know, um, they showed the, the different biases in the characters even and, mm -hmm. you know, how they how they viewed each other yeah. and how how that affected their decision making, because mm -hmm. that that is definitely in my eyes you know people think like oh it's it's the last mo like moments why why would you even care at that point you know but that's this is how people function you see things through the lens um of your own biases and your own thoughts and feelings so and how you were raised so um even at the end or the last moments i think those are when your true character when, you, when your true character actually comes out mm -hmm. when you're in a situation like that you see you know even in disaster situations that we've been in here um, in, in the States, you see that there are a lot of people that, you know, do whatever they can to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And you also see people pushing other people out of the way, <laughs> you see people <laughs> taking advantage and kind of looting and things like that. I mean, everybody's real character comes into play. So I, I thought the movie depicted that beautifully of how people would react to each other and you know despite despite um what's going on you know out of doors even if it's a dangerous situation people will still be themselves and mm -hmm. actually be themselves even more yeah 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 very much so i think i think that it does in the, the situation where they're all holed up in that their house they know what's outside but yeah, there's a couple of not very likable sort of people in there, isn't there? It's like, mm, yeah, I don't really want to be stuck with you, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, for me, I, I just um, we are going to move on short, short, shortly. But the thing that really, really sticks out for me is, um, as the story moves on and we see see some scenes almost, and they're almost shot in a a sort of documentary style where we see the local lore in um, the enforcement sort of gathering up um, and they're, they're obviously going off to tackle um, the, the zombies. And um, I don't want to sound, sound um, they're sort of disrespectful at all to to uh, people over, over the pond, as it were, but they just look like a scary big group of of sort of rednecks who have have their guns and they would be going out there to shoot anyone, um, you know, never mind zombies. To be honest, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's disrespectful at all. Uh, <laughs> those groups a lot. <laughs> I saw those groups on the news just a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually some a theme that happens in a lot of zombie movies and shows that I've seen. Um, and the reason why I think that that's shown um, with that specific group of people is that those people um, stereotypically um, and in real life, you know, from what I've seen, have a lot of weapons. They are used to hunting. They are used to, you know, having guns, a lot of guns, yeah. uh -huh. um, you know, and they are, they tend to be survivalist, have a survivalist mentality. Um, and so those are the types that would probably, you know, be doing that. They mm -hmm. also are, you know, a lot of times um, 
racially biased um, or racist. And, um, you know, and that's the group, you know, they're going to have guns, they're going to go out there, they'll probably shoot whoever they want. Um, And yeah, I think it was realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I mean, at that time, yeah. I think it's. It <laughs> I mean, the most powerful bit for me is is basically right at 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 the end. Um, there, if you haven't seen this film, I don't really know why why you would want uh, there to to actually listen to us talking about it. But um, Dwayne the 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 Jones is the last survivor from from the house. Um, he comes out um, the the horde, as it were. So the horde of zombies has been, you know, or has been sort of dealt with by the uh, their locals. Um, but they shoot him anyway, and it just felt, you know, like you say, it just felt to sum up, um, you know, some of the things that have been sort of going on over the last, you know, 12, 12 months or so. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know if that is exactly, exactly the point of it, but I think that um, in the film, I mean, but I uh, think yeah. that it does, it does sum it up because, uh, you know, in a broad sense, if we remove race from it, in a broad sense, I think that, you know, this is a theme that, again, I've seen a lot in zombie movies is, you know, you'll see your survivor, like um, it, it, the last ones or whatever. And they'll be so scared that they'll actually shoot them anyway. And I think that mm-hmm. this is something that would likely happen in real life, especially if the the breakout um, was in a specific area. Like just if we look at the last 12 months, you know, if just because a virus starts somewhere, right? Like they mm-hmm. were saying that the virus started in China, originated in China. Uh-huh. Then there was immediately like so much, you know, kind of negative talk about that group of people and staying away from them and you know that it's they're dangerous and everybody's looking at you know everyone of that rate or you know that background Mm -hmm. um differently you know it's probably something in your food or you know i'm not ordering chinese (laughs) and uh immediately so i i think that you know in real life that is likely you know would occur if there was a specific city where this breakout was happening and they really didn't know the reason why um Mm -hmm they would likely kill everyone in that area as opposed to even trying to, you know, help out survivors or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually, looking at the, um, uh, their sort of production for the, for the film, because it's very much local. So um, Romero himself was from the Pennsylvania, and um, it's all shot around um, around um, there, um, you know, and very much all sort of local, um, you know, cast, their sort of crew. Um, so yeah, it has it has that feel about it, um, you know, very much so. And actually, that leads on quite well to our second film, um, which is linked quite. Um, there directly because it is the sequel to Night of the Living Dead and that is 1978's Dawn of the Dead Um, again written and directed by George A. Romero Um, I first saw this film I think I would have been 
possibly about 12 or 13 it was shown on the, the television late at night. Um, I probably shouldn't have of there still been up, but I was. Um, there for you, Summer, when, when did you first see this one? <laughs> around the same age, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ironically. Yeah, around the same age I saw that movie. I actually, um, I actually saw that film just once. And then uh-huh. I saw the remake like a million times. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so Dawn of the Dead, it's almost um it doesn't it doesn't spell out it as a, a direct their sequel, but again, um it's set during um a zombie outbreak in Pennsylvania. Um so I'm just kind of you know, thinking, well, surely this is the same out, out sort of break, even though it's there 10 years later. Um, the, the film is now in um, their sort of colour, and it's got lots of um, 19, 19 um, 70s flavours about it, very much so. Um, again, it follows a small group of, of their people, um, two two members of the local SWAT team and two people who work in television. Um, and they end up being being holed up in a shopping mall. Um, I really love this film. I think it's absolutely superb. Um, there for lots of reasons. Um, but, but what's your thoughts about it, Summer? I think it was very interesting to, first of all, that they're holed up in a different setting other than the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And for them to have a lot more resources, um, because when you think about a shopping mall, you think about different places that you want to be held up. Um, Shopping mall definitely comes to mind. There's so many different, (laughs) you know, you have clothes, you have restrooms, you have food, you have water, you have, you know, a lot of different things that you need. But then again, it's not very secure because there's so many ways to get in and out. Um, And so it's still an element of scary. While you have a lot of resources, you have a lot of space, you explore the fact that even though there's more space and more resources, the amount like of a security kind of that you don't have, Mm -hmm. like as you expand basically your your resources and your space, it's kind of opening up the door to a lot more danger as well. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool to see them in a different, um, in a different space. Mm-hmm. And also I thought he explored the idea of what kind of people you want to be held up with also. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought he explored that really well because, you know, um, it's kind of like, I-, I think there's like a game like Desert Island game where you try to pick like materials that you'd want um, it's a game that we play here in America a lot sometimes, but like Uh we try to pick materials that you'd want to take with you if you were going to be trapped on a desert island. Um, So people like try to think of like, you know, different things that would help them kind of get out of that situation. And like, if they only could pick, you know, maybe like three items or something like Mm -hmm. what you'd pick. Um, And I think that, that the movie explored like what different kind of people, um, made me think of like what kind of people um, with what skills I would like to be surrounded with in those times. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking of like, you know, look, I, I definitely would want to be near a doctor, somebody who knows something about medicine, um, you know, even somebody who was like maybe 
skilled in terms of like viruses or things like that. Somebody had some extensive knowledge um, medically because should you get hurt or even um, if you want someone who could explore why this is happening a little bit better, um, that would be like an important person to have around. Mm -hmm. um, somebody with certainly some experience with guns and weapons because uh, a SWAT team member would be very experienced in how to handle a lot of different types of situations and can work well under pressure and also has that key quality of liking uh, has like a hero kind of complex about them and would be more likely to try to protect you mm. um mm -hmm. so like it made me think of those things and i guess that's what sticks out to me basically about the movie okay it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I think I think they did well with the fact that um, the one of the group knows how to fly a their helicopter. <laughs> I think that's a good. Point. That yeah, that was <laughs> that's important too. Somebody who somebody who can help you make a great getaway. Yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've actually hit a really good point about um, where they do hole hole up. So. So for the mall itself, yeah, you're absolutely right. And a good part of the the, the, the film actually goes through how they make the mall safe. Um, you know, because like you say, yeah, you know, you know, there's there's already loads of zombies in it, so that, so they have to clear those out. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, fire escapes, all all sorts of things. It's uh, yeah, I think at first first thoughts, you're like, yeah, this is a good place. But actually, it's not really, is it? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's what? What's your standout out sort of parts from the, the the film? What what sort of bits really, really sort of, you know, you know, sing? Well, I think. Um... I feel like my memories are blended with this film because uh, again, like that first, the 1978 version, I watched it once and then I watched mm -hmm. the remake a lot of different times. So I'll tell you a moment that I'm not sure if it's in the remake or if it's in the actual original film. Uh -huh. um, there was a moment where, you know, a character was pregnant that's, and yeah, uh, one, yeah. no, she she thought that, you know that she wanted to have a baby, and and they thought like it was gonna be like basically like a zombie baby. Um, that really stuck out to me. Um, and then also there's this moment where there was uh, this woman who got infected, and it was a you know she what they weren't expecting you know it explored basically that whole aspect of like somebody being infected, but you don't know and what mm -hmm. to do with that person, uh -huh. that really stood out to me because, you know, uh, I remember watching it with my brother and he was like, oh, we, I would definitely get rid of the person, but you don't really, in, in my mind, I remember thinking like, what if this person is your friend or what mm -hmm. if you have some rapport with this person? 
or even as just a human being, you know, to have to kill someone, especially if they haven't actually gone from human to zombie yet. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- having to explore being an executioner in that sense uh, is really tough in knowing that there's a very real danger and that they will eventually become a threat. I thought that was that was something that really stuck out to me. Like, mm-hmm. what would I do in that situation? Mm-hmm. And it really is a tough call because I didn't know, even through exploring it, I didn't know what I would do. And then not to divert away from the films that we're talking about, but um, I I watched The Walking Dead and I remember the similar theme coming up and what it made me realize was that I would prefer, like if I was bitten, first of all, I think that I wouldn't tell anyone, okay? Uh (laughs) Which is terrible, but it's true. I, if I were in a group, especially of anonymous individuals, like, you know, people that don't necessarily know very well, uh-huh. I would not tell them that I was bitten. However, I would probably make sure that I was left behind. I would probably leave the group um, in a sense yeah, and kind of just, you know, go on my own way until I finally turned, but I wouldn't want to be shot or killed. And I wouldn't want to put the burden on that group or leave it to somebody to make that decision. Um, I would just kind of, you know, slip away, if you will, yeah. from the group. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, you know, you're talking about about these things and, uh, you know, but what would we do? I mean, you'd be so they're sort of conflicted, wouldn't you? It's uh, it's not really a choice I think anybody really wants, wants to make, is it? So, yeah, not a nice one. Um, there for me, I think I think one thing that really makes the the film, and we have spoken about it, is the the setting. So so being in um there the mall, and there's a there's a fairly loose satire I think on their sort of consumerism and um that whole culture of you know shopping malls and you just kind of wander around, around sort of aimlessly anyway, even if you're not a zombie. Um, and and there's a good line in this one where they say about, well, actually, why do the people come here? So why why are the zombies coming to, to um, the, they're the mall? But that's because it's somewhere that they know and they are, um, they're familiar with. Um, and that really sticks, sticks in my, in, in my mind. That's my, Hmm. biggest sort of take from it is that's a good point yeah yeah that's absolutely a good point people do wander around malls aimlessly um a lot of times just to look around basically as a pastime mm-hmm. um so yeah uh that yeah that's that's a place where people hang out and it makes <laughs> sense that you know zombie yeah go to the place where they most likely would hang yeah. around and, and <laughs> wander about even um, even even as a zombie you're gonna gonna go shopping aren't you (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go consume you know i'm a consumer (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. um one one thing i did just want to point out is in this one is the uh the 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 music which is very 1970s um but it's performed by a band called goblin um who also did lots of dario argento films um, and I think that's a nice they touch there um, for that one. Um, I I I really like this film. I absolutely give it a, a big um, their thumbs up. 
Um, yeah, same here. Online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So moving on, and and we are going to skip a lot of films and a lot of um, um, ways that the zombie film has progressed, but we're going to move fairly up to the modern, the modern sort of day, I would say, and the one. The one film that really stands out that says Hollywood has looked at, at sort of zombie films and it's going to make its own blockbuster version. And that is World War Z from 2013. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. um, this is a film I I saw at home. Um, I didn't see it at the cinema, um, mm-hmm. but I certainly enjoyed it on um, Blu-ray, I would have thought in 2013 um so where did you see this one summer um i i did see it at home mm-hmm. uh probably around the same time um not too long after it came out uh yeah i was definitely at home mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah it was probably around the same time that i saw it yeah uh and it was i thought it was great I thought it was absolutely great. There were a lot of aspects of it that people were like, this is unrealistic. And I was like, <laughs> it's a zombie movie. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, and I loved, I loved, absolutely loved the way that the zombies sped up, were sped up because, you know, a lot of people, you know, feel that they could, uh, like just making the zombies scarier because a lot of people felt that they could kind of, um outrun zombies like what's the big deal with zombies they're a bunch of slow moving rotting corpses you know so you can kind of just (laughs) if you're smart you can get away from them like big big whoop and i thought that speeding up the zombies made it a lot more like okay really what are you gonna do you know (laughs) this is very scary and and i i really love that you know um you know that portion of the film where they end up in the you know brad and his family end up in the in the grocery store and get and then end up getting holed up in an apartment um you know building and it was in newark new jersey which is you know where i was born so i thought that was really cool to see like a scene in a film from a place where you know i'm originally from so yeah yeah uh, funnily, yeah, funny you should say that because actually some of this film was made in um, their Glasgow, which isn't too far away from from where I live. So you can actually see the odd the odd sort of street and think, mm, that's not that's not where it's meant to be." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so so just going over the these sort of credits, as it were. So um, yep. Yeah, so like we said. Uh, 2013 starring Brad Pitt um, directed by Mark Foster who also did the likes of Quantum of Solace, Their Kite Runner and Monsters Ball. Um, It's based on a novel by Max Brooks um, who also wrote the fairly rubbish Matt the Damon film The Great Wall. Um, But this very much is it's a big budget, it's it's an action-packed this sort of blockbuster, and I don't really feel that we we've we've seen some big zombie movies up until that point, but this is the biggest one, um, as as regards you know scale and and such like. Um, so does it feel a bit too big, or is it too 
Absolutely not. It wasn't too Hollywood. I think the aspect, the reason why for me it doesn't feel too big is because it really explored a different aspect of zombies, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it went into almost how these things kind of can happen yeah. um in a sense I, I love the part with the with the uh, doctor i guess you know um what he was talking about with viruses before he you know was quickly killed but <laughs> what he was talking about with viruses and how they hide and i thought that was really interesting i thought you know even exploring the fact that people can be immune to certain things mm -hmm. um i thought was a nice touch you know the fact that people sick people weren't really as likely to contract um the zombie virus uh in that film mm -hmm. i just i i like that it explored those things and also the beginning of the film the beginning sequence of the film really drew me in look you know there was clips of talk shows and things like that and like how you could hear you know different news anchors talking about like a virus that was slowly spreading it happened the same pretty much way that it did with you know the virus that we're facing right now it's like you know slowly yeah. at first you hear people just kind of talking about this you it barely you you barely you know i i, I didn't even think about it um and then you know it kept it keeps coming up it keeps coming up and then you know it becomes this really widely popular thing and then all of a sudden people are wearing masks and it's like okay and then it just gets more and more serious and dangerous and before you blink your eye the world is completely different mm -hmm. um i thought it just showed that beautifully in the film because <laughs> as we can see it's realistic <laughs> yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, certainly my favourite zombie films have um, do set up the scenes really well, where where you where you see people going about about their ordinary lives, and things are just starting to to sort of happen. But um, actually, making good use of the likes of the uh, you know the news. Um, their sort of reports. I love getting that sense of their the society's breaking down, um, and I think they do. You know, they do it really well in this film. Absolutely, and I think you know people maybe in the past because we're living it now, but in the past people kind of doubt that. I remember you know talking with different people who watch those types of films and doubting that things would go down as fast as they actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does, you know, as soon as people panic, as, you know, and, and we heard that word a lot over the past 12 months, as soon as people start to panic about something, um, things can really break down very, very quickly um, in a society. And also lack of information or uh, misinformation can really break things down a lot more. Um, and I also, one of the interesting and scary things that I've seen is that as a society now, a lot more people, you know, are dependent on um, technology, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and as soon as that breaks down, as soon as communication starts to go, um, things can get really, really crazy very, very fast. So uh, yeah, I, I think those movies and that particular movie also portrays that really well, that yes, if, you know, uh, zombies and a zombie outbreak starts, you know, um, taking place in the streets, that things will break down very quickly, mm -hmm. very, very, very quickly. Um, 
unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It does. It, it uh, draws some really good uh, sort of parallels to, um, yeah, to how we're actually living at the moment. Um, hopefully we can see a lighter side and it's not all, you know, doom and the gloom, but um, yeah, lots of, of, of the sort of parallels there. Um, I think what I think what's really good about this film is that it gives a sense of um, this is happening all over, so all around um, the, the the world, and and thankfully with its their the budget, you can get a, a good sense of that as well. Um, so I definitely think that's that's a the sort of positive of it. Um, <clears throat> are there any parts that you maybe think aren't so sort of good? Summer, is there anything you don't like about the film? Um, I think the only parts that made me kind of like roll my eyes were uh, the plane crash. I thought that that was like, mm -hmm. okay, really? You guys are the only two that survived <laughs> that? Okay. Uh, that's very Hollywood. Um, and then the other part was, you know, when, when Brad's character finally finds that he's like immune um because he injects himself with a virus and that whole kind of ad placement of the soda i thought was really <laughs> me, me roll my eyes it's like okay i get it this is purely yeah. <laughs> an ad um but aside from those two parts i really i i i was uh i thought it was great i thought it was great i really enjoyed um I forget where they were, but you know, when he goes to that, that place where, um, you know, they had the wall, uh, up. Yeah. Is that, um, is that, it? well, I think that's Israel, isn't it? Is it actually, yeah, I think it's Israel. Israel. They yeah. had the wall up and, you know, um, they were, they were relatively safe and they were kind of just, you know, making all that noise and how quickly mm. that broke down, I thought was really, really interesting. And then, one of the things that really stuck out to me um, again in the film was when uh, Brad was telling, um, Brad's character was telling the family that he was in the apartment building with, like, you know, if you don't move, you die. You know, mm -hmm. if you, I've been to a lot of disastrous places and if you don't move, uh, you will die. I thought that was a something that just really always stuck out to me, like something I remembered about the movie. Mm -hmm. um, because I, again, I feel like, you know, internally, just like when I'm thinking of disaster situations, I have that urge. I think that if, you know, things were breaking out in the streets or whatever, I have the urge to stay, to hide, to kind of not, you know, move. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he said that, it felt like his character was speaking to me in a sense. It was like, you know, if you're in that kind of a situation, um, you shouldn't just stay in one place uh, uh, because it can become unsafe very quickly, especially yeah. someplace like an apartment building, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so I thought that that was that really stuck out to me for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and having a family, that's that's the last thing I'll say there that really stuck out to me is like having a family in those situations, I think is really tough. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, you know, as we saw in like things like um, Night of the Living Dead and, and different movies like that, um, you know, when you imagine yourself as a singular person, even through, you know, going through the loss of like, as I mentioned earlier, you start off with someone and how scary that is to just like 
lose, you know, the people that you trust and end up in a party with strangers. Mm -hmm. But at the very same time, there's a benefit to it in my mind, because when you have to think about the realities of trying to navigate a situation like that with young children, with uh, a wife or somebody or a husband or somebody that you care about, um, it becomes a lot tougher because of course you're not thinking of yourself. Mm -hmm. You are thinking of your family, your survival chances become a lot slimmer mm -hmm. and you you have a lot more you can have a lot more traumatic experiences seeing them die as opposed to starting off that situation alone as scary as it might be you still only have to worry about yourself so there are pros and cons there and i wouldn't want to be navigating that situation with small children ever <laughs> because they're very unpredictable and you know you can tell them not to make a sound but you know you never know what's going to happen there yeah yeah i think I think actually that's one of the aspects of the film that works well and, and will work well for people who wouldn't always watch a zombie film um, is is that there is that, um, you know, sense of, of sort of family. So, you know, if, um, if their parents are watching the film, that's actually really going to ring, ring sort of true, you know, with them, you know, that's, that, that's an aspect that's going to make a, a sort of parent think, yeah, what would I do? How would I they protect my, my their family? But um, yeah, that absolutely works. And, and, that, and that isn't really something that, that we see in, in many other, you know, zombie films. There isn't, a, there's not, it is usually a bunch of their sort of characters who don't know each other. So to actually have a, have a family groups quite, um, they're sort of unique in many ways. Absolutely. And I also, I, I mean, it, of course, like, again, it makes me feel like, yeah, I don't want to be around any small children that I know and care <laughs> for. Um, but at the same time, uh, another aspect of it that, that stuck out too is connections. You know, mm -hmm. the connections that you have. I mean, obviously Brad's characters had some high up connections, um, you know, that enabled him to be able to survive and, and do all these different things. But, you know, in the end, it really does matter what connections you have mm -hmm. um, with different people, because those are the situations where, you know, if you do happen to know, uh, have a friend who is a doctor, is a, a pilot is, you know, has some special yeah, skill or yeah. some special position, they can give you information that might be vital to your survival or help you in some way, um, as opposed to if you don't have those connections. So I think, you know, that was something very interesting too, because it, people with those types of connections definitely have an advantage. You know, in the end, I think people think about those situations as, you know, nothing matters, you know, money doesn't matter anymore, you know, whatever, but your connection to people absolutely will matter in those yeah. times, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just um, imagine that Brad Pitt's wife's very thankful that um, he works, he works for the, the, um, the UN in some kind of shadowy role where he knows lots of stuff and, uh, and it doesn't get phased when, when, when there are millions of their zombies coming towards <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> I guess that's another unrealistic aspect of the, of the movie. And I think that's, um, it, yes, absolutely. Because, but, but at the same time, okay, I guess I can, I can actually make a real comparison here uh -huh. because um, 
instincts and training a lot of time take over in those situations. Um, and I think that if he, you know, his character being somebody who was extensively trained, even though it's a zombie, as opposed to like, say some like, you know, enemy soldier or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that his instincts probably in training took over because when I examine the situation in a real life sort of way, and I think about, you know, the police officers actually in Miami, <laughs> in mm-hmm. Florida, yeah. uh, who had to deal with someone. And I don't know if you remember the story, or even heard it, but um, there was someone in Miami who t- supposedly, you know, taken bath salts uh, and <laughs> okay. this caused him to start to eat the face of another man. Like he mm. was basically taking like, like acting like a zombie, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and it was like a big story because obviously, you know, zombie culture was really, you know, popular thing. Um, and to hear about this man who, and they shot him, um, basically multiple times and Uh he did not even flinch. He kept coming and coming. And I remember watching the video and watching the, the, um, interview that the police Uh officer gave and how traumatized he looked. And he was like, you know, we kept shooting at him and he just kept coming, Um, you know, but even the fact that like these police officers continued to shoot and didn't actually turn tail and run, Mm -hmm. um, I think kind of makes it in my mind a bit more realistic that somebody who had that kind of training wouldn't exactly have the same reaction as somebody who didn't. Um, They could probably deal with it a little bit better than say me because I would probably be like uh, I give up I'm leaving this guy is a monster you know <laughs> so yeah um yeah I think um I think if there's one thing that I will take from our the talk there today is that uh, I need to get ready um <laughs> I think that- <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, I mean, but can you ever really be ready? You know, there's certain things you can do because, of course, like these preparations are the same as if there was any kind of disaster situation. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, this is be the same type of preparation. So there's definitely stuff you can do. Um, I remember when I was in a phase of watching a lot of disaster movies in general, whether they were zombie centric or not, um, I ordered from Amazon. Um, some a backpack that you can keep in your car that basically had like first aid and uh-huh. you know different Perfect. tools that would be <laughs> good for your survival because yeah. yeah. they made me think of that stuff and of course again that would be good in any situation so there are certain preparations you can make um that i think are worth making just in case of any kind of you know disaster storm whatever you should always have flashlight batteries you should always have you know something to protect yourself in 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 some way Mm -hmm. but as far as if you could ever really be ready especially if it was a zombie apocalypse i don't personally (laughs) think so um (laughs) i don't i don't want to even anticipate that because you know this 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 last 12 months has, has been a case of almost everything you think is can go wrong going wrong um so i certainly don't want to see a zombie apocalypse happen because i don't personally think that i would survive that (laughs) very well (laughs) uh and it just wouldn't be fun um no no No, let's just I, I think we should just actually stick to watching the films, shouldn't we? Yeah, I'd rather watch the films. Uh, <laughs> um, I would much 
rather watch the films after after seeing how people act in a in an actual pandemic um i definitely yeah i definitely don't even want to explore what would happen in real life in a zombie (laughs) world (laughs) actually just to round up i've got two lights um parts from from world war z and actually the first bit is calling it world war z because that's really hard for someone from uh, the from the sort of britain because it's actually called world war z (laughs) (laughs) well i guess the z is from like for zombies right i guess that's Um, the point well i thought well i think it's meant well also it's meant to rhyme with World War Three, I think. So, so oh. World War Three, World War Three. Okay. Um, but yeah, but if you're from over here, uh, it's World War Z. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's another bit, and this goes down to the casting, and this is a, again, um, you might not not sort of get this one, um, this summer. But in the cast, Peter Capaldi um, works for the World Health Organization. So he's one of the, the doctors in the, the lab. And he is credited not by character name, but just by um, who doctor. So WHO doctor for World Health Organization. Shortly after this film came out, or shortly after the film finished production, um, he was announced as the the next actor to play the Doctor in um, long-running um, their sci-fi show Doctor Who. So he went from playing Who Doctor to Doctor Who. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's an interesting fun fact there. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um and that only really sticks out to me because um that's a show that I absolutely love. Yeah, but, Doctor uh, Who, yeah. yeah <laughs> Huge uh-huh. fan base for Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's a nice light sort of part of that film. Um I think there are I think there are a lot of good light parts. Like one of the parts that definitely made me laugh was um when Brad's character, when his wife called him in the middle of like the worst situation when they were trying to go slowly with those bikes kind of exiting um that location that he was trying to take that doctor to. Uh-huh. Um and they were supposed to obviously be very quiet and things were going well until his wife, you know, she's kind of relaxing with the kids in bed and she you know (laughs) calling him and getting that phone call in the worst possible moment um and having you know people die as a result and and then him calling her back like oh yeah sorry i missed your call (laughs) it was just kind of was funny to me um yeah that that was that was hysterical um but yeah yeah, Uh it's interesting and i also thought the casting I don't see, I don't remember these characters' names, so I kind of feel bad, but the contact that he has, his friend who, you know, is the reason why he was on, uh, mm-hmm. his family was able to become safe. Yeah. Um, he actually, uh, there's a film called Hotel Rwanda. I don't know if you've watched that film. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he yeah. was actually such a, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned like the UN and things like that because he in that film you know the UN is 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 in that film you know represented in that film and he was like an evil character kind of working it you know 
uh, on the other side as a, as a big time war criminal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, I thought that was also an interesting kind of like for him to have these two different roles in movies, you know, um, in his career to be somebody who would probably be more opposing the UN and then to be someone else who, you know, was kind of part of that organization. I thought that was cool Um, to see actors in those kind of diverse roles. Mm Brad Pitt himself seems to have a fascination with um, history and as well as like, you know, peace organizations and things like that. Yeah. Um, I noticed that about him too. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder actually if that's, that's one of the elements that maybe drew him in there to the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, a good film and definitely something for, for sort of everyone. I think, I think from what we've seen, isn't it? It's uh, Please yeah, it's very, it's action-packed. I love the pacing. The pacing is a lot different from the other films we talked about because zombie movies um, tend to, like those other zombie movies that I've seen are a lot slower paced. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie was like, you know, action-packed start to finish. Every minute beat for beat is like something's happening, um, you know, in so for something for you to pay attention to. So I, I love the pacing of the movie. It's very dramatic and very like, you know, edge of your seat, what's going to happen next next kind of film i i like that a lot about it yeah good good so thumbs thumbs up from there both of us i think with this one um, yeah ec- excellent so so that so yeah so that's seen us cover the evolution of the the zombie film i'm sure there's lots of people out there who are who who are thinking no you haven't mentioned this one you haven't mentioned that. oh yeah there's tons yeah. there's way more films hundreds, <laughs> hundreds out out there um yeah. But thanks so much there, Summer, for the coming on. Um, My pleasure. And just to round up, so um, where can we find you? What, what, where, where are you? What do you do if we'd like to hear some more of um, this, Summer? Yeah, I am the host of a podcast called Stress, Depressed, and Anxious. I focus on a lot of mental health uh, topics, mm-hmm. my struggles with mental health. Yeah. Um, and I try to, you know, talk about them in a very real, honest, genuine way, um, interjecting humor and sometimes, you know, different interviews with other people, um, you know, that I bring on. So every Monday I have a new episode. So you guys can definitely check me out on any of your favorite listening platforms or on the website, stressdepressedandanxious.com. You can also find me on Twitter at SD, that's S as in in stress, D as in depressed, underscore anxious on Twitter and Instagram at SD anxious as well. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, an excellent their podcast there and um, a subject that's certainly very close there to me and we all need to talk more about it. So thank you very much. Um, so that's the end of this show. Please join us again. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. My pleasure. You're very welcome. <laughs>